That's dang right, ain't it? That's right on time, boy. <laughs> Love to see it. Yo, DJ Taylor in the building. Yeah, by the way, you want the mic about a fist distance from your face. Yeah, so you can pull it up or whatever, but it's a front-facing mic. I should have told you before, but it's so you okay. Gotta keep it like that. Yeah, but you want it about a fist distance, so best ideal. You can go like, <laughs> see that? See that? Yeah. We're doing a little mic, microphone education right here. Thank but, you, Golden. But man, dude, I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're here. We tried to set, a, set this up a week ago. Something like that, but now it's, we're here. It's tough out here, bro. It's tough, bro. So, so what was going on? What What did you have to go home for? Um, I had to go see the big bro. He's got. He's, he's got, got corona? some issues. God bless him. He's got corona. No, he, he oh, don't. He doesn't boy. have corona. He's just. He's a character of his own. That's mm. what put it, so. Mm. so, bro, we wanted to. Uh, I talked to you at Revive. Actually, met you at Revive, mm. and we were that chatting. You that shared your testimony, and like. That was what I was like most interested in hearing on today's episode. I think it's gonna be way more than that, but let's just jump into it. Like, let's start with from the beginning, and you know, from the beginning. Yeah, in the beginning. Um, well, um, by the way, what do you think of the stash? I, I think it's something serious. I don't know why people are hating. I can't even grow fish. Who's hair, hating? So I'm, Who's hating? I'm a jealous guy. Seventy-five percent, bro. Love it. It's a beautiful. The thing. rest are haters. <laughs> it's okay. Um, <laughs> In the beginning, um, I guess you could say I was a kid. I had one of those checkered childhoods. Um, yeah. Try to pull that a little bit closer if you can. We go. Like, so it's a front-facing mic. So yeah. There Perfect. Go. Yeah. <laughs> so um, kind of had a checkered childhood. Um, uh, when I was born in like Little Elm, Texas, it's like a suburb of Dallas. Um, lost my mom when I was a kid, so that was kind of tough. Um, but I first started going to church, or I could say I went to church first whenever I was taken in by that adopted family. Mm. Um, I was actually adopted, so my name was changed um, to Dylan Taylor. My real name isn't actually that. I was born as uh, Dylan Shane Gilbert. Mm. And so whenever I was adopted, um, I became Dylan Joseph Taylor. So that mm. was nice. And then hence the name DJ. So It sounds cool. Hey, I'm a fan. I'm a <laughs> fan. I can't lie. Um, so... We went to the very first church I ever went to was like a Southern Baptist church, which you know how those are. It was a Lakeway Baptist church up in the colony, Texas. And the only thing I could really remember is just like vacation Bible school. Mm. So it was one of those things. Um, after a period of time, sorry, I can hear myself breathing. <laughs> after a period of time, we, uh, I got taken away in seventh grade. Um, things went south, and so I kind of bounced around my whole life. Um, moved from place to place and stayed with different family members for a semester here, a semester there. And so as a kid, I was always I was always angry, mm. I think is the way to put it. And so... Um, about what? About Do you what? Know? Do you know? Like, is that <laughs> if, something If I was going to put a pinpoint, I can deconstruct it. It was just um, never felt wanted, mm. you know? And so... I got some healing from that at the Revive. That was a, it's pretty game changing for me. It was like the first time I really felt the Holy Spirit like digging at me. Yeah, you know? I saw you wrecked. And, yeah, bro, I was on the floor crying. Like I, I mean, that was it was a game changer for sure. Um, but yeah, that was really like the first time I went to church, and then 
bouncing around. I, when I was an angry kid, um, I felt like nobody ever wanted me or like I, it was like no matter what I did, it wasn't good enough. Because mm. no matter how what my behavior was or how I acted, nothing was going to change the fact that eventually I'd be a leader. So at that point, it was like, well, damn, I'm just going to do as I please. Mm. And so um, kind of took that mindset for a while. Um, first really came to God, or first had my real encounter with God, um, I would say my freshman year. Uh, one of my best friends was uh, really big in the church, and so he invited me out. It was a Denton hub. And so I was staying in Denton at the time, um, and his name was Michael, and he invited me out. And I don't know, it was different. It was like the first time I went to church and saw happy people. Hmm. <laughs> it was like, you know, somebody was actually smiling, or there was a guy that whenever they, you were at the door, they shook your hand. And so it wasn't just you walk into church, everybody's dressed nice, and nobody smiles. It wasn't that kind of church. And so it was nice. Um, but going back into the story, um, my life really changed uh, when I was 17. Um, I just turned 17. I was uh, living in Austin, Texas at the time with my Uncle Daniel. Um, I didn't know that part of it. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Some chapters you don't read out loud. but yeah. um, I was staying with my Uncle Daniel, and we were, it was like the end of the school year, my junior year, and I went to jail. Mm. <laughs> that was probably one of the toughest moments of my life. Um, it was like, you ever been exempt from school, and all you got to do is just show up to class and just sign that piece of paper that says, oh, I'm exempt, and they give you the grade, and you get to go home? Mm. I never made it to sign that piece of paper. <laughs> I had, like, some weed issues in high school, and so me and my friends that morning had decided we were going to go and smoke weed in one of the model homes right down the street from the school. That wasn't the move. <laughs> Neighbors called the cops, and so um, I went to jail. I was in jail for about three weeks to a month, and whenever I got out, my uncle kindly left all my things on the outside, and so um, that entered me moving to Houston. Mm. And so um, when I moved to Houston, I was very, very of the world, is a way to put it. Um, when I was a kid, I was actually, I want to say maybe three years old, I got hit by a bus. <laughs> No way. This is going to sound bad. Yes. I, God is my witness. I got I got hit by a bus. And so I had a settlement for like 43 grand um, come my way. And I blew it in like three months. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I regret it to this day. But, you know, things happen. Um, I was living in Houston. And I dropped. That was my second half. The second semester of senior year. So all I had to do was just basically go to school. And I would have passed. Not me. <laughs> I uh, I dropped out. Mm. And so... Because um, you had all this money. Mm -hmm. I didn't think there was a need to go. Like, what do I got to go to school I'm for? I'm mega rich yeah, right I'm, now. Yeah, I'm, I'm hella rich. I got really. more money than everybody. I pull it up stunting to school. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought I thought that was the life. So were you just like buying a bunch of clothes and mm, different things? Clothes and festivities that aren't illegal and things like that. And I bought my brother a car, bought my best friend a car. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> just because I could. And um, my first car I ever actually bought got caught on fire. <laughs> that's that's a story. By someone? <laughs> no, um, <laughs> we had gone out partying the night before, and um, I woke up in the back of the car that next morning, and I left my keys in it for my friend, and 
So I had clothes in the trunk, but I also had speak speaker system and an amp back there. And mm. my friend was swinging in my car. Clothes got caught on the amp, and the car caught on fire, and I didn't have insurance. Mm. I bought another car that same day, but you know, <laughs> I, the money I could see how the money could. blew quick. You're the right. money blew quick, and so I wound up homeless. And you know. Once you hit rock bottom, you can only go up. And so rock bottom for me was stealing food out of Dollar General to mm. eat. That was, that had to be. What was that like emotionally like when you're, mm. when you're doing that? You already, you had all this money before and you just saw it kind of seep in the thin air and then now you're in this place. What is that? What is that? What is that experience? like? Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I can't even believe I did it. Mm. It's it's one of those things like whenever I try to think back on it or I try to like what was I feeling in that moment? It's like it's hard to remember because I was either I was high, I was mm. drunk or I was under some kind of something at that point in time that made it seem like a good idea. Mm. And so it's like whenever I think back on it, it's like I just lost. I didn't just lose the money like sure the money was fun, but it was like. I lost the people that I had around me too. Mm. And so the one caring system and the one family group that I had at that point in time, I completely pushed them away from me, you know? And so that was really, that was really what hurt the most. Um, what woke me up is after I went broke and I was homeless, uh, my grandma died. Mm. I lost both of my grandmas in three months. And so, you know, like your grandma's the one person that's like, no matter what, they're gonna love you unconditionally, mm-hmm. and so that um, that broke me. I uh, it was at my grandma's funeral. Um, <laughs> I still remember. I wore I wore chucks. I wore a pair of cargo shorts, and I wore the only dress shirt I had, which was like a one of those faded glory polos from Walmart at the point in time. And so it was like I, I really had nothing. But, you know, I wanted to be, be at my grandma's funeral. Yeah. And so um, I, would, I was asking family members for help at, the, at my grandma's funeral. Just, I, you know, I want to do better. I want to change. And it's kind of hard to do that at a funeral, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Not many people are going to be very receptive to that just due to my behavior beforehand and where have I been, what's been going on. And, um, yeah. And so they kind of kind of in a nice way said no. And so all I really had was my brother Dakota. Um, God bless him. We don't always get along, but I do love him. You know, um, he uh, he let me borrow his cell phone, um, and I got a hold of the one person that I had never met in my life. I uh, I got on Facebook and I never met my actual real father. And so it was pretty crazy. Um, the only reason I knew what he looked like is because whenever I was a kid. My uh, my family at the time had showed me a mugshot of mm. him of what he looked like, and it was it was crazy. So I got on Facebook and I messaged him and I was like, "Hey, you know, do you know who I am?" It just started off simple, just mm. "Do you know who I am?" And he was like, "Yes, I know who you are. How are you?" Like it was like instant, mm. like crazy, and and I was like, "Hey, you know, I know I've never spoken with you, but you know, is there any way you could help?" And so he had actually, um, apparently whenever I was adopted and they changed my name, he had actually given up all rights to me 
And so the last that he had ever heard about me, I was taken in by this great family and I was doing well and mm. things like that. And so he had no idea about, you know, CPS coming to get us because he, he just wasn't there. Yeah. And so um, he bought me a Greyhound bus ticket from Houston to Austin and then from Austin to Denton, Texas. Mm. And so he didn't live in Denton. He actually lives in Gainesville. He's a tow truck driver. So I actually, the very first day, um, so I went I went to Austin, right? And I was in Austin, and I stayed at my buddy's house for a night. And from that, um, my dad wasn't going to let me live with him because my dad is like, he's his own person, tow truck driver, doesn't, got his own family, doesn't need a distraction, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know how to put that, <laughs> but he's he's got his own life. And so I was actually, I actually met my Aunt Laura, and she has triplets. And mm. so I got to meet, I got to play the big brother role for the very first time in my life. It was my cousin Daryl, uh, my cousin Sherry, my cousin Richard. And um, I don't know. It was like I, I got to be a part of a family again. So I wanted to finish up high school. Um, I did good staying away from drugs for a while. And so once more, I got to the second half of my senior year. And at this point, you still don't know the Lord. I don't. But I, I'm, you're, you're I'm trying. being helped. Right. Like, I, at this point, it's like, I know that there is something. Hmm. Because, bef- like, right after my, I forgot this part, right after my grandma died, it was like, I, for the very first time, I cried out to God. Hmm. And, and, and the way I put it, I was just like, you know, I don't know what I did, or I don't know what I'm doing, but help me. Yeah. And I, very, I remember that very vividly. I was sitting on the bathroom floor just in defeat because hmm. I had nowhere to go. And so. And and I don't think you mentioned this part either, but you mentioned this to me, and I don't know if you mind me saying Go it, for it. Go for it. But uh, you were sleeping and, like, showering in a bathroom at a, at basketball, a basketball court. court. Yeah. It's like an outdoor basketball <laughs> court. Man. Yeah, man. It's sad I um, I was in the best shape of my life <laughs> I wasn't a big guy I was a uh, like I said I was stealing food out of Dollar General the only thing I did every day was I would wake up off the basketball court you know I didn't want to be musty I didn't want to stink but I mean when you throw the same clothes on every day at some point you know you just got to go without a shirt you go without shorts that day and so that would be what I did I'd wake up every morning I'd take a shower um, play basketball, wait for the first guy to show up with the ball, and then from there just see how my day went. Hmm. So, very, very rough period. But, yeah. I mean, empty stomach and a broken heart will teach you the quickest lesson. Hmm. You know? Yeah. So you're living with your, your aunt living with and my your cousins. Aunt and my cousins, and I get back into drugs. I get hmm. back, not drugs per se, but weed. Weed in general is a problem for me. It's like, I just wanted, I always wanted to get, just get high. Like, yeah. no matter what, it was like, I needed to de-stress. I was still angry at this point. I was just, was always mad. And so, um, I actually ended up getting kicked out of my aunt's. Um, I was on, on the clock at Whataburger at the time, and she drops all my stuff off <laughs> in the parking lot. And, you know, it was a, it was a tough day. Um, how, how come was that? She found out that I had been smoking weed, and she mm. didn't like it around my cousins. It was a bad influence thing. And yeah, it was 
that was one of the rules before I moved in. Was nothing of that sort. You were here mm. to get a job. You were here to better yourself. And at this time, I had three warrants out for my arrest just for because whenever I was spending that money and I was driving vehicles, I didn't even have a license. Mm. <laughs> and so, so was, you got you were getting pulled over. Yeah, I'd get pulled over and they'd let me go. With a ticket. Yeah, <laughs> just with a ticket. Yo, you're driving without your license. That's fine. You, and they still send you on your way without your license. Huh. <laughs> Only Northside Houston, man. I'm telling <laughs> you. Only Northside Houston. And so at this point, you're in this cycle. Of just literally bouncing from place to place and doing good for a couple months. You know how when you first get somewhere, you want to be on your best behavior. And so you make a good impression. And that was something I was always used to because... I went to six different middle schools, seven different high schools. Wow. I was always the new kid. And so I know how to put on a show or, like, show someone what they want to see for a certain amount of time. That's That was always easy money for me. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like. But eventually the act The act goes falls away apart. and then true colors show themselves. Mm-hmm. And so at this point in time, I was still so of the world. And, um, yeah, she kicked me out the she kept my classroom. That's the one thing that kills me because I was like the one thing that I loved, man. Hmm. And so um, I wound up homeless again. Um, I had to drop from high school. There was this lady. Her name was Christy. Uh, I want to say her last name is Matthews. Um, it was one of those people that um, if you're struggling or like a homeless student or things like that, the school reaches out and they get help from like an anonymous source and they'll help you. And so she actually got me set up in a homeless shelter in Fort Worth that would let me work. Um, It was like $100 a month for rent. And we got like this tiny room, not even half the size of the studio, like probably from here to the wall. (laughs) So it was like I had enough for a bed, an alarm clock, and like a couple. And I had like a small dresser where I could keep my clothes. Mm. And that was all I had. And it was, like, the first place that I could have that was, like, my own. Mm. And so I had a – the lady, Christy, bought me a bike, and she bought me clothes. Or actually, she didn't even have to buy me clothes. Whenever you stay at this homeless shelter, you can go to – it's, like, a, a hand-me-down place. It's, like, in the middle of the hood, Fort Worth. Mm. And so um, you can go in there, and they'll let you, like, get $20 worth of stuff for free, which is all the clothes that I had at that time. I still have a pair of the house shoes. They were like mm-hmm. some Doc Martin house shoes, actually really nice. <laughs> so would your clothes just like get dirty and you couldn't wear them anymore? Or were you selling them to make money? So, so when my so when my aunt kicked me out, she she kept all my all my stuff. Like mm-hmm. all my all the stuff that she had gotten for me or she had paid for was no longer mine mm-hmm. at that point. She took it. She it wasn't I wasn't deserving. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I understood it. I mean, I still understand it just because, you know, it's not my household. It's not my rules. And I didn't abide in those. I didn't honor her in that way. And so that was, it's on me. Um, but moving forward, I was in Fort Worth. And so I was working at this job. At, it was my second, very first job, but second Whataburger that I was working at. And um, I was just living day by day. And... It was just tough. Um, every day was the same. I'd ride my bike to work. I would eat what little meals that I had. Um, I remember watching the finals on, on the TV in a group room with a bunch of old men that were also homeless. Mm. Everybody, I was the only kid there. I was, 
Mm. I was the only person my age. The second closest person to my age was like 36. It was, wow. was, it was like I could tell that I am not supposed to be here. Like, I don't know what I did wrong, but I am not supposed to be here. So you would like, you, you keep saying, I don't know what I did wrong. That's dialogue to God. Mm-hmm. So but you're just like, what? What is going on here? Yeah, what is my, why is was, my circumstance? I didn't know I was talking to him. Mm. It was like I, 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 my family, my, my uncles and my aunts and and like everyone on that side, they believe, they they go to AA and things like that. But they believe in a higher power. They don't necessarily believe in Jesus and that he died on the cross and things like that. My uncle likes to say that that's a uh, a good story. <laughs> Where he's like, man, that would make a great novel if he truly studied the story. <laughs> I, tr- I tried, brother. Something when I tell you, <laughs> no, I, every I know, Thanksgiving, I we go at it. That's <laughs> like, I don't even want to go sometimes just because if it gets steer- it, Thanksgiving prayer is a wonderful thing. That's all mm-hmm. I got to say. <laughs> Do not say in Jesus' name. Hey, I'm, That's sure, I'm, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people uh, can sympathize with that. Yeah. And so it's, it is what it is. But living in Fort Worth, and man, I was, uh, you know how it all starts with a girl. <laughs> I was on Instagram and there was this girl that I'd known. And I, it always starts, it always, always starts with a girl, bro. It's always a girl. Um, There's this girl that I'd known whenever I was in seventh grade. At the time, whenever we met, her name was Deborah, but she had gotten taken in by a missionary family. Mm. And her name was Jubilee at this time. And so we were like, you know, online, slid in her DMs, things like that. <laughs> and we became like a couple. Um, I caught feelings for her and I was living in Fort Worth and so she actually asked me she was like you know would you ever want to visit me in College Station mm. I'd never been there before I didn't even know that's like where A&M was I'd lived in Caldwell but so like, y'all became a couple without meeting we had known each other in 7th grade uh-huh. and so it was like we knew we knew of each other like all this time and like we were just friends all this time but it was like we started talking a lot more and so we started snapchatting and late night phone calls and things like that and so it was like we weren't we weren't dating whenever i went to visit her but like after visiting her we were dating if mm. that makes sense yeah so she asked me to come see her and so i did um I, she actually bought the greyhound bus ticket for me to ride from fort worth to her so that was kind of cool wow i uh we met and uh, I, I met her mom and her dad. It was uh, Sarah and Sam Masterson. Um, they actually go to Sea Shop down here in College Station. Um, and it was a crazy feeling. Um, I, I was down here for a week, and I got to see what like a family was like, mm-hmm. you know, what a godly family does. And so it was like my very first time like really seeing what that looks like up close. I'd never grown up around that. I'd never seen that firsthand from anyone else I mean I've been to church and like seen how people act at church but I never seen like what a Christian household genuinely looks like mm. and so that was it, was it was awesome for me you know it was like I was jealous of like the, how happy they were or it was like even even the kids that were like always smiling and it was like my childhood was nothing like that um and it was, I was jealous um mm. So when the week came to an end, um, and it came time for me to say goodbye, um, it was like, I didn't want to leave, you know? Yeah. It was like, dang, I'm going to go back to the shelter, and I'm going to stay, still be at this everyday Whataburger thing, and what am I going to do? So 
I, I just felt like on the way back something was wrong. Like I could just feel it in my stomach, if that makes sense. It was like I could feel it in my heart, like something was about to change. Mm. And so I get back to... Well, you were probably changed. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. <laughs> he, God Spirit was working on me <laughs> for sure. God was working on me for sure, man. Um, I got back to Fort Worth and I'm living there. No, I, I get back to Fort Worth and I got kicked out of the homeless shelter. Because I had just left. I didn't let them know that I was going to be gone for a week. And so that's apparently a big deal whenever you're supposed to check in with people on a daily basis. And so I didn't even have phone service at this point in time. Like I was working off of Wi-Fi. So if somebody tried to call me and I wasn't on Wi-Fi, it was like best of luck. Yeah. And so um, I came back to the homeless shelter and none of my stuff was there. Um, I called that lady, Christy, and I was like, hey. You know, I got kicked out of this place. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And she was like, oh, well, I'll come get you for the night. Is there anywhere? You know, I'll drive you to one of your friends down in Denton. And so I was back staying at the couch on my friend Logan's in Denton, Texas. Tough. <laughs> um, and I texted Jubilee. I was like, hey, you know, I, uh, I don't have anywhere to live. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, you know. And I feel really bad asking, is there any way y'all can help me? Mm. And so she said, yes, absolutely. Um, and so about a That's week awesome. later, I was staying at my friend's Logan's, like I said. And um, Sarah, Jubilee's mom, drove down from uh, here to call the station. And they came and picked me up. Mm. Um, and so I actually wasn't going to be staying with her and her mom and dad. That would just be kind of weird yeah <laughs> i actually got moved in with uh her adopted grandparents which are miss jackie and mr fred who i now consider my parents mm. um they're probably two of the best people that i've ever i've ever encountered in my life mm. you know mm. and so it was the first time that like you know i could say that i feel like i have a mom and dad and so that's that's been pretty big for me um when I first moved in, you know, they were very gracious, um, very, very merciful, very <sighs> patient, to say the least. I uh, was still of the world, you know, I was still getting into the whole religion thing or what is what does God really look like? Mm. What is what is what is God doing in my life? That's going to change. And so um, I whenever I moved down there, uh, one of the first requirements was, of course, to get a job. You got to work. <laughs> and so I got a job at Chick-fil-A off of my student ID. <laughs> I, I didn't even have my social security card at the time. Mm. I told them that I would get it to them at some point in time. And they were like, oh, just don't worry about it. You just have a picture of yourself. And I was like, well, I have my old school ID. I couldn't get a real ID because I still had warrants out for my arrest. Couldn't go to the DMV. If you go to the DMV, they run your name boom, I'd be going right back to jail. Mm -hmm. So I was like, mm, can't do that. So I got the job at Chick-fil-A. And um, I was working like 60 hours a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would still wake up for church at 8 a.m. on Sunday. So it was, it, was, it, was a grinding, it was a grinding season for me. I have a question. <clears throat> so during this time, you still don't have a license. Mm -mm. You have warrants out for your arrest in different counties. Three. Three to four. And, but 
you've just been brought in by this amazing family. Missionary family, yeah. And they're showing you the love of God, something that you've never really felt ever for an extended period of time. Ever. But you're still. Did, did they know about the warrant? Did they know about the warrants at the time? Okay. I'm getting there. I'm so, getting there. I imagine. And what my what my question was is, I imagine there's like, as you're like driving to work or really doing anything, there's this anxiousness there. So it's like, well, what if I get pulled over or whatever? What's gonna happen? Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Like. Yeah, it's it was a scary thing. So, what actually happened is before I got the job at Chick Fil A, I was very very nerve nervous about you know going to the dmv or them asking me you know why 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 don't you have your license yet you know you're 20 years old you're 19 years old what are you doing i was like what what went wrong (laughs) you know and so um it i was i had a lot of trust issues and it took me took me about two three months to really open up to them Mm. um they were very helpful at first you know they didn't like i said when i first got there I, it took me a while to find a job that was hiring, for sure. But whenever I got Chick-fil-A, I got lucky, and I used my people skills for that. Um, but so the time came. Um, I was talking with Miss, Mr. Fred and Miss Jackie one day, and so we uh, Chick-fil-A runs background checks. Mm. <laughs> and so on my How back- long have you been working there? Um, I hadn't gotten the job yet. Oh, okay, gotcha, saying. gotcha. So they they ran a background check, and so I had it didn't pop up any of the warrants out for my arrest at that time because it was in it was in a Houston county right. in Houston, so it wasn't Brazos County, and apparently for a small place like that, they only run it for Brazos, um, and so whew, she helped me with that. Um, I was talking to Miss Jackie, and she actually. Um, got me to open up a bit. It's it's a lot easier to talk to her than it is Mr. Fred sometimes. Mm. Just I don't know why, but it just is. Like we we click, and so me and her were chatting, and I was just I just told her um, I told her about you know living in Houston and and being broke and, and going through the cars and like the drug phase and, and losing myself and not knowing who I was and it was it was pretty wild. Um, she was very very understanding. Um, she actually, she actually paid off all my tickets mm. for me. Um, she, um, she was like, you know, you can pay me back when you can, um, but she just wanted me to have like a clear mind, and so I didn't have to drive to work or worried or things like that because she took me every day. Mm. She took me to work. She six o'clock in the morning. She'd take me to work. If I needed to wake up at five fifteen to get there, she'd take me to work, and so. I was like, she's she's definitely a big foundation for my life. You know, it was like the first, like I said, the first time that I'd been like someone I could depend on consistently at all times. It was like, so that was very, very revealing for me. Hmm. Um, worst came to worst, and uh, me and Jubilee broke up. Um, it was just like, you know, there was some dishonesty things going on, and so it just came to time. Um, where it was just, we both felt it was time to, to leave ways. And so, um, that hurt. Not gonna lie. <laughs> it was like, it was like the first girl that I was like genuinely, like, really cared for. Cause I felt like she saved me in a way. Mm-hmm. It was like, I didn't, at, at this time, at, still at this time, I wasn't seeing that it was like God that was helping me. I was like, man, you know, this girl brought me to College Station, she gave me a family. 
she was like, she's her family's helping me out. And it was like, I thought when we broke up, Miss Jackie and Mr. Fair were going to hate me. It was like, I'm not no longer going to be welcome. It was like, why did I move down here? Was 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 kind of my mindset at the time. So you thought the cycle was starting again. I was like, I was like, man, that's what I get for opening up. Mm. And so that was that was my worldly, worldly thinking. And so I was like two weeks into pouting and like down in the dumps. And I wake up one morning and I'm, I have a back porch. It's kind of nice. I like to drink coffee out there. And Miss Jackie was sitting out there, and. <laughs> She was like, you know, are you done pouting? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, she was like, you need some Jesus in your life, bro. And so, me and Ms. Jackie always call each other bro. It's like our thing. But um, she was just like, and she told me about this prophecy thing that was like 20 years before I was born. And so, it was about a kid um, or them having a son. Um, keep in mind, they have two daughters that are like, I want to say... 29 and like someone's like 33 okay and so they didn't have they didn't have plan on having more kids this was like 20 years before i was even born wow and so they got prophesied over that a child would come to them at the age of 18 and he wouldn't have had a father or things like that and that he would need guidance and so what? um yeah <laughs> right and i'm li- i'm sitting here and i'm listening to that's this. that's the first time you heard that yeah and i'm sitting here and i'm listening to it and i'm like like you're joking like, like, there's no way. Like, there's not a God that would do that. Like, come on. And so um, she played the tape for me, and it was like. Wait, there's a tape of it. Oh, there's a tape. We need that tape. We can, I, can, I can ask her for that for you. <laughs> we need that tape. But um, it's, it's insane. It's, wow. it's literally insane. And so it basically described me coming to them. Really? Yeah. And I was just Wait, like. So how did they have it on tape? Um. It was like from a uh, preacher thing, whenever they were like twenty years ago, mm. thirty years ago. That they just recorded. Mm-hmm. Miss Jackie's got it somewhere in the attic, or in the office, or somewhere in there. I can get it for you though. I'll wow. make sure we get that. Yeah, I want to hear that. It's a game changer. I'm so serious. <laughs> but I'll put that. I'll put that in the audio version of the podcast if we can. If you want. That would be amazing. Yeah. I'd hit her up on my yeah. phone's off. Yeah, we'll we'll, figure we'll make it out. that happen. <laughs> um. But yeah, it was it was honestly wild, and so that was like so. So that you're sitting on my the eyes. Yeah. I'm sitting on the porch, and she's telling this stuff to me, and I'm just like completely blown away because I, at this point in time, I'm I'm like all about this girl. You know, I thought she was the one that got me here. I thought they were gonna hate me because me and her broke up, and so because they were friends with her family. Well, no, they were her family's adopted. They're like oh, they're, they're her family. Yeah, they're her family <laughs> in general. I was like, that's her grandparents, you oh, know? Yeah, like, yeah. what? And so not long um, after we broke up, um, she, it's not really my story to tell, but yeah. things went south for her and her family. And so it was kind of like I got a second chance. And so um, it, was, it was crazy. Um, they had a lot of grace with me when I first moved in because, like, I had a couple of weed incidents. And let's just say they're not big fans, to say the least. And yeah. so it was like I, I was still growing. Yeah. And, like, I was still – I felt like I was still 16, but I was 19. Mm. The only thing I was worried about was still, like, getting high every day. I didn't have – I it was I didn't have the job at Chick-fil-A for a few weeks. And so for those few weeks, it was like I was doing whatever I could to test the boundaries of living there. 
Or what, mm. c- what can I get away with? What can I do? What is, what is it like going to be here? What is it going to do? What is it going to be? Um, what is it that I can do and get away with? Are you like trying to distract yourself from like Distract what myself from what's really going on. Mm. And so, I don't know. It was tough. Um, they're very merciful. There's a couple close calls. <laughs> but like I said, it came to that morning and she was like, you know, are you, are you done? I was like, are you, are you done? And mm. so... Um, for a season, we went to Central Baptist, um, and that was, that was awesome. Um, I went to like the college ministry thing after Bible, after the nine o'clock service. And so that was cool. And we always grabbed Sunday lunch. And so I was like, I was starting to figure out who God was in a sense. And, um, over that past year, um, I really got convicted of like who God is and, how much that does or really does for you. Mm. And um, I got baptized last year. Mm, last year, July. It was like, Yo. it was crazy. Um, it was with uh, our church, Sea uh, Shop, College Station House. I wish Perry. we had like an audience of people. Just <laughs> 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 no, it was good. Um, I got baptized with a couple of my friends at uh, Farrell. He's like one of the elderly at the church and uh, got baptized in his hot tub. It was mm. pretty fire. In his hot tub? Bro, it was something serious. Was it literally fire? No. Oh, uh, was it warm? It was good. It was good, though. <laughs> um, so we, oh, I had it. So, it felt so good. <laughs> bro, you know that hot tub Bible study was hitting different at Revive, bro. Oh, that yeah. was a game changer. Y'all, y'all went without me. There was always the invite. Wow, you, you didn't. You're literally me. in the room right next to us. No, you didn't come knocking <sighs> on it. <laughs> Anyways, <Just> <laughs> but yeah, it was just just blame it on Lyndon. That's the guy. Yeah, <laughs> 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 oh, he's a, he's a wonderful soul, but um, but yeah, so I got baptized and that was that was awesome. Um, I really felt the enemy come after me after that. Mm. Um, I had a season. I wouldn't call it a season. I had like a month or two where it was like right after I got baptized, I was smoking weed again, doing the same things. Mm. And it was like, it's like, buddy, like, what are you doing? But this time you're like, Mm-mm. you couldn't, con- couldn't convince yourself. I couldn't. It was like I would, I would be doing those same things and I would feel convicted about it. It's not it's not something that would make make me happy anymore because right. I, I used so to there run, was a distinct I used to run difference. to it. I used mm. to run to it to like try to escape. Now, whenever I would, like, run to it, I would just be bored. Mm. Or, like, it was like, what was... I was just finding something to fill my time. Mm. And, yeah, and it hit your pocket pretty good, too. Mm. <laughs> Spent a lot of cash on that. What was that, like, an hour's work at Chick-fil-A for... <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> That's one way to put it. But, yeah. Um, and so, it really all tied into World Mandate this year. Really? Um, world mandate for me was when did you start going to Antioch a little over a year ago the first time I went it was actually Chris preaching it was it was, it was fire I like Chris <laughs> Chris Chris is the OG man hey, he, I, I love every, when he talks, everybody there. I mean don't get me wrong I love Tyler Tyler's awesome yeah. but like when Chris preaches bro it hits different like <laughs> that, it hits your soul yeah it really does and um, that was the first well, the first time we went he, he literally preached about um Oh, I had it saved on my Google for the longest. It was like a link, and it was about, like, walking in righteousness. Mm. And, man, like, 
when I tell you he explained the gospel like I had never heard it in my life. And like that made me keep going to Antioch. Mm-hmm. And it was like the way he had laid it out, it was like how to walk with God. He was like, how do you walk with humility? How do you walk with righteousness? How can you, how can you honor the people around you? And then he did, he also did the one about how like, um, being under authority Mm. or like, well, what was the word? It was like, people don't like to being told what to do, but however, like whenever you do what you're told to, you're actually honoring someone Mm. and you're actually fulfilling power to tell someone else what to do. And so it Mm. was like, I was like, dang, okay. And so he really, it's like, uh, the verse, uh, someone who is faithful in the little will be faithful over much. Mm facts no cap it was good but i feel like we all have to learn that i mean that's a that's it the human condition right is just learning how to humble ourselves and unto authority and and serve under people and realize that jesus was he was king because he was a servant like he was a serve the king. And he didn't what, come to to judge the world, but to serve the world. And which that's is how like, Chris t- put it, and it was just like, it hit me different than I'd ever heard it because you know I'd always heard, you know, Jesus died on the cross to save your sins, and that so you would have salvation and things like that. But the way, the way he put it, like how man can walk, mm. and and be able to honor people, it was like, that's a standard. That's something I can. That's something I can do. That's mm. that's 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 like a checklist Hmm. and so not to say that like you have to work for your faith or nothing like that but just like how how a gentleman should act or how Mm. like that's why i like calling people like you're a true gentleman yeah like Hmm. like you're a true gentleman bro and so it's just things things that you can do in order to really walk with god and then like you know over time you don't even think about it exactly that's just just who you are and that's that's the game changer and so he changes your heart. Yeah. Like I said, Chris really got me that day. And so ever since that day, um, I brought Miss Jackie and Mr. Fred with me. We stopped going to Central. <laughs> we no longer go to Central Baptist. Did Not they to say it's it? a bad church. Well, me and Mr. Fred liked it. Miss Jackie wasn't the biggest fan. She's like, she likes the hand wave in church is, is what we call it. Hmm. It's like where you can move in the spirit and it's not always dressed to the nines and things like that. We like Antioch because of the worship and... I like Antioch just because of how spirit filled it is. Yeah. Just it's it's just a different energy. I've never walked into a church and felt the same energy that I felt in Antioch. And I tried out a lot of the ones in college this year. I mean, let's just be honest, Antioch's changed everybody's life in this room right now. Facts. Joshua Johnson. I mean he has a, a good sir. testimony on the podcast. That was incredible. It was after we went to a wedding and we just were in the Jeep and we recorded in the Jeep. There's no video, unfortunately, for that one, but mm-hmm. still, nonetheless, it's it's out there, and people can hear about it. Yeah. Jo- uh, Josh was actually atheist, like pretty straight up, right? Uh, <laughs> Just chilling back there. He's like, I didn't expect to be. No, talking. yeah, I was chilling. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I was an I was an atheist for for majority of my life, and then basically um, got caught up in um, suicide. And um, tried to kill myself three times. On the third time, I said, God, if you're real, don't let me kill myself. Um, there was nothing that I could see in the house anymore that I could use to kill myself. And then two weeks later, a girl named Chloe Marsh met my friend James. 
and invited um, him to Antioch. He invited me, and on that day, I gave my life to Jesus and never turned back. That is powerful, brother. Thank you. That is awesome stuff. It just shows you, like, how God, Jesus specifically, actually changes hearts because there's no other place or person or thing that you ever see in society where people actually change, yeah. that they actually be, are transformed. It's a new flesh. It's a new, your new person, your new creation. It's a new life. So after that, um, I went to Antioch for the year, and we went to World Mandate. And you saw CJ Puchek called me up. And were you there when he handed me the orange and gave me the shout out? Where at uh, Revive? Mm-hmm. No, I think I'd left it. You left, left that morning, yeah. didn't you? It was like he gave me a word at World Mandate, and he called me the Gatherer. Hmm. And it was the first time I'd ever like heard that or like used that word. And so I started looking it up in Scripture. And so it's like someone who leads by bringing people together. Hmm. And I was like, dang, you know, that's that's kind of something I'm actually really good at. Because um, no matter where I've been and meeting all these new different people, um, I, I seem to be able to bring people together in a group. Or, mm. or it's like I don't I don't do the whole click things. I'm friends with everyone. Yeah, it doesn't matter really what you look like. Yeah, you know, that's it's a like gift. I'm I'm able to talk to people, and that's I I guess like that's a gift. Well, you're able to feel make people feel welcome and comfortable, and that's what I you know saw the vibe that one day I was kind of sad. <laughs> And you're like, yeah, you I'll were down in the you. dumps. I was like, bro, here we go. What's the move? <laughs> yeah. We can make we can make plays. Dude, that made me really happy, man. Well, you I didn't want like, you riding solo either. Yeah. That was I looked tough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for real, Lyndon left me for the wolves. He was like, bro, I'm a one man army. Yeah, for today. I'ma do me. And I was like, bro, you got it. You know, that's that's all you. I'll go to Hugo's with these guys. That's that's not a problem. Like audibles are my thing. Yeah. Play in the moment, that's fine. We can do that. That's yeah. that's just fine. And so I saw that and like I said, well, <laughs> sorry, bro. I talk different. No, it's, I love that. I love just, that. It's, it's, no, it was you, awesome. You have man. great vocabulary. Well, I appreciate that. I love words. So. Yeah, me too. I'm a big fan. I mean, let's be honest here. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. What are we doing right now? Oh, man. <laughs> That's crazy. Vocabulary is amazing. I, I love it. I, I sometimes intentionally use like different types of words because oh, I'm for like, sure. this word describes this better. Why should I use a different word just because it's not usually in a text message or on really? a post? You know, it's like, why not? Let me, you know, let's let's expand. <laughs> There's this, this girl named Gabby. She gave me these words. It's like fire. Like, I love using that word now. Everything, fire. Everything's fire. <laughs> <laughs> you just heard that? Bro, bro, it's a game changer, dog. I'm, I'm not playing with you. It's like. What about I, I ship? What about I ship that? I ship that? You've never heard Lyndon say that? No. Bro, that's my new favorite one. It's like asking, like, you think I should, you know, do this? Or, you know, you think I should date that person? And I ship that. I ship that? Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's like, she'll also say, it'd be like, it hits different. Like, mm. some things, bro, they just be hitting different. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Like, that microwave hits different, bro. <laughs> I'm not playing. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. What about bet? You use bet? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. That's just that's 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 one that's common now. I, yeah. I remember when it wasn't. Bet that. Mm-hmm. Something like bet. I don't know. I talk different. I'll, Let's I'll say, go. Bet. I'll say like, what's the move or what's the play? Yeah, what's the move, bro? <laughs> or it's a move. 
that's the move. Love to see it. Hate to see it. So you, uh, you're at Antioch. Mm-hmm. What were you saying about the orange? Oh, the so gather. Yes, yeah, buddy. Go. Buddy shouted me out, bro. It felt good. Um, we were at Revive, but he'd given me a word um, at World Mandate about calling me the gatherer, and I completely forgot about it. I had it in my journal, but I didn't click back to that until we went on the Revive trip. I was lucky I even went on that trip. I had like put Miss Jackie actually paid for it. Um, she, yeah, she's. She, I'm telling you, bro, she's a blessing. Something else. Game changer. It's <laughs> different. <laughs> I'm telling you, it hits different, bro. I'm so serious. Like I'm so serious, and so like she. Like the stash, bro. Yeah, bro. Something different. Tell, hey, it's, it's a game changer. changer. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> it's so. It's it's. I I was at the revive. Wow. <laughs> So we were at World Mandate. He gave me the word. And so when we went to the Revive, um, I saw him again. And I hadn't seen him in a while. Um, Mm. I was working on a couple Sundays, so I missed church. And so I hadn't seen him. And uh, one Sunday I went. I'm guessing you don't work at Chick-fil-A anymore. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. It is not my pleasure. Closed on Sunday. It is not my pleasure. (laughs) Not a big fan. And so um, I saw him again. And we were... It was like that Saturday before Revive, and I felt like I needed some prayer. I needed to clear my heart of some things, you know, and um, he gave me the word again. Mm. He was like, I just feel like God is telling you that you are the gatherer. Mm. He was like, he was like, I just, he's like, I don't know how else to put it. He was just like, but the way that you see people, the way that you want to help people, he's like, he's given you a heart for people. And so he was like, go and gather. Yeah. And so that was like my whole mindset of revive. I didn't know any any of y'all. Right. I literally walked. I'm, I'm not in the life. You room. know, you were originally supposed to be in our room, right? No, I didn't. Yeah, you were originally supposed to be with me and one of the youth guys, Dylan. I, you I met remember Dylan him. Now. Yeah, he's a cool guy. And uh, the reason they moved y'all you to the other room was because we were gonna leave, and then you would had to switch rooms anyway because we weren't gonna have those rooms anymore. That's wild. Yeah. So you were supposed Dang. to be with us. Sorry, bro. <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> um, but practically, you know, yeah, half the time. That's anyway. what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> and we even had that study together. Yeah, I like I like that we did that though with yeah. Daniel and yeah, yeah. That was that was you fun. actually I orchestrated dude, that. That is a <laughs> testimony of the gatherer. Yeah, you you were scared to ask him. I was like, no, it wasn't that I was scared to ask him. I just didn't knew. Want to ask no, him. I just knew if I was the one to ask, then It'd it could have looked down. it could have looked a lot different because. I my what I was trying to do is dedicate myself to the youth that mm-hmm. time, but I'm in college, I'm in sex college section, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, y'all's section. And I have all my friends there, but I'm also supposed to serve in the youth. But we only have two youth kids and and one. And they were a couple. Yeah, that was and tough. So, that was tough. Yeah, so I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be with you guys, and so I had to fight this urge to bounce. And I, I, and um, God was just showing me like, hey, this is where. You know, serve where I have you, like, Ooh. just dedicate yourself there. So you're gonna f- like. I was gonna say you did come back that day looking a little, a little scruffy. When the next morning you seemed, seemed a little different. Yeah, I don't know. You, you, just, you, were, you were saying God was working on you. So oh yeah, <laughs> that's good. Well, that's good, bro. But yeah, yeah, Dylan went, went over there. Yeah, no, you go ahead. You got it. You got it. Dylan so Dylan, went over there. so I went. I went over to y'all's room, mm-hmm. and then. Um, Cause I thought we were going to be together for it. And mm-hmm. then I was like telling y'all like, Oh, we're not going to be in the same D group. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you're like, 
That's ridiculous. Yeah. Why don't we go and ask him? I was like, all right, let's go. And You're like, you can And you so, ask him? like, because I've had a similar word about bringing people together. Not even a similar word. Like, I've just always done that. So, like, bring different friends together. Like, I'm responsible for several of my friends' relationships. Like, yeah. And such so just stuff like that, just bringing different people together, even unintentionally. You know, it's yeah. not even an intentional thing. Yeah. Um, so, it's cool that that happened. And it reminded me of, like, if, if we were kids and. Like I had to ask my mom, hey, can can Buddy spend the night? It'd be better if you asked if right. she spent the night. <laughs> yeah. So it reminded me of that. I was just like, sure, I'll go ask him. And then we ended up doing it all together. Because yeah, so Daniel knows. Uh, and uh, it was like, I had already control. spent the day with y'all anyway. Yeah. Why wouldn't we share? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was good. Um, but yeah, revive, revive hit me. Um, like nothing ever before. Um, it's that, crazy that how f- God. Sorry, sorry. It's crazy how God's just working in so many different ways, in so many lives, on different layers, you know, because people are in different places, different heart things, different refinement processes. And so it's like God is so good and so active that as he is, like, transforming someone fundamentally, he's also refining someone that's already been in the faith longer. Yeah. Like, and all these people are together in one place. I think it's why it's such a powerful thing because it's like, God is working in so many different ways, and you can feel that in the room whenever you're together. So there's so many that's of my input. too, <laughs> bro. That that's awesome. Yeah. Like, just the fact that we got to wake up every morning, all like it was. It was always like a spiritual atmosphere. It felt like no mm-hmm. matter where you went, even whenever we went to the hot, even whenever I went to the hot tub with John David, we were le- we were reading John. It was like the first night there, we got to. Talk to one of the guys that was randomly sitting at the pool. I just, I was like, I was talking to John David. Yeah, I just man. acted casual. I was like, hey, we're going to read out loud. And mm. there was like, there was an older man sitting right there. And so we get to read in John, and then he joins us in the hot tub and he's just listening to us read. And so he like, like came to y'all. Yeah. He was, we just, he just sat down in the hot tub with us and we were just, didn't say nothing. Yeah. Just listening to us read John. And I, we got to talking and we were asking questions and I asked him, I was like, you know, you got any comments, man? And I can't remember what he said, but he gave some kind of comment about like, yeah, he was a believer and um, he appreciates us, you know, and it, it was just, it was really sweet to see. Yeah. Um, and that was like the day before, that was like the night we got there. So we hadn't even gone out for outreach yet. So that was cool. Um, oh, so you had already been in the hot tub. Mm-hmm. You were there. We were in the hot tub the first night. And, Okay. Was that the night? You look that lost. The, was that the night they were like, "We don't know if you can do that." Yeah. Okay. And I said I was gonna do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bro, I'm. T- Strike we're, one. We're grown, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, was, I told Daniel, I was like, "Bro, we're going to the hot tub. The hot tub's open until midnight. Like, yeah, we don't have a lights out time. Yeah. 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 It's essential. Hey. <laughs> It's a game changer. Got to get that uh, re- release of dopamine, you know, the the, the um, uh, inflammation, get the inflammation out from the day. You know Hot what I'm tub Bible study, bro. It's a therapy. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever do sauna? Um, I mean, it's 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 decent. You I, don't like I sauna? used to go to the one at True Fit, but it's kind of closed down right now. Mm, yeah. It's crazy with all the things that are going on, bro. Yeah, for sure. That's why I'm glad we get to do this, you know. Whoever's watching, twenty three of us. <laughs> whoever's watching and listening, and it's just like, wow, they get to sit in on this conversation and hear an amazing testimony. And uh, so, crazy. why don't you talk about like how 
is your life different now? What What is it like? What does my life look like now? Yeah. Well, it's nice. I I have a room like, it, it, bro. It's so weird being able to say that because I am not worthy of having any of the things that I have. Mm. Deep yeah, down, that, that that was what hit me at revive. That's what I wanted to tell you. Mm. Let me jump back to that okay. real quick. Well, that, I just want to say something. That's what stuck out about the story about your aunt is you said she took all your stuff mm-hmm. because you weren't worthy, and that just like ding 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 in my brain like. Coming like that was like I was right the, there, you know, know. Jesus is like that doesn't matter to him, or none of us are worthy. You're not any less worthy than I am, you know. Still, it's just like deep down, like well, not even deep down. I know, like I don't deserve any of the things I have. Mm. Like I just don't feel worthy, mm. and so like at revive, like that's why you saw me face down on the ground because. I've never felt worthy. Mm. It was like I've always, I'm a people life. pleaser. You know, I want to, mm. moving around place to place, I wanted people to, to like me. I wanted to be liked. It's not that I was out to be everybody's friend, but you were going to know who I was. Mm. You might not, you might, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like For one reason or another. Yeah, you, you were going to know who I was. And so I became good at making quick connections with people or like being able to make people laugh or finding out what hot points, what like, what can I say to this person? Or what's a hot point for this person? And Chick-fil-A fine-tuned me too. Customer service all the way. I was a pro. Mm. But Revive, that morning, um, when Tyler was was preaching, and he was like, the way it was put, he he was talking, he was like, you know, Jesus, when he died, you know, he died for you. And so people always say, you know, Jesus died for us. He died for our sins. Mm. He died, and, like, when he rose, that was our salvation. But I've never heard it put in the way, like, Jesus died for, for you. you. And so that that wrecked me. I was like, I was like, whoa. I was like, no way that this guy would die for me. Mm. I was like, of all the things that I've done, of all the things I've been through, of all the things that, like, I've seen, I was like, no, <laughs> and it was like it was like God was just like knocking on my heart. He was like, mm, "Yeah, bro, you know, I I did," and so it was like the first time that it really it hit me. It was mm. and yeah, I was on the ground crying, and like Lyndon was praying for me, and Lyndon even told me he was like, "I just feel like you need to hear that like God's telling you that He loves you." He's like, he's like, that's all that I kept saying is like, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. And I was just like, why? <laughs> like, why does he love me? Mm. Like, why? What is what? What have I done? And so it took me back to that night. Like when when I when I cried for help and like, I don't know what I've done. And it was like it was like mm. him telling me, like, you don't have to do anything. You know? Like, you don't have to earn love. It mm. just is. And so, yeah, that, um, that's revive changed me. Mm. That, the whole atmosphere, you know, that first day meeting John David and him taking the time to introduce me to all you guys, like, making sure nothing was awkward for me. Uh, Lyndon being open, giving me rides because my truck wasn't working at the time. It was like there were so many kind people, mm. and 
I tried out life group whenever I first joined Antioch last year, but I wasn't in college at the time, so I didn't I didn't really fit in. I, you know, mm. I was making up that I was in school. So <laughs> I was like, I didn't even know that there was a young adult life group, bro. And like, um, I had like tried sending the email thing and I didn't get any replies. And so I was like, you know what? Forget life group. Like what? Whatever. Fine. And so life groups, the core, that was like the mindset I had walking into that revive that morning. And then like the day before that night, John David texted my phone and he was like, Hey man, you know, I'm going to be your life group leader for this day or like for the trip. And I was like, cool. You know, I, I had no expectations. Like, you know, you said expectations, you get disappointed. I had no expectations. Yeah. And so like the first thing, the first thing I walk into the Antioch that night and I just see this big tall guy smiling at me and it's John David. And he's just walking over to me. He's like, it's like, are you DJ? And I'm like, yeah. It was like, I got some people I want you to meet. Mm. And so he literally walked me around to almost everybody in our section and had me shake hands with them and get their name. And like that meant so and much. And you didn't have to do anything. He didn't, I didn't have to do anything. And so that whole week of Revive, it was like, it was amazing. Mm. That was like the first, I shouldn't say, yeah, it was the first time for like a week straight, you know, I. I got convicted about my phone, about, like, when Tyler did that mes- message, like, what's real, what's virtual. Mm. And, like, I'm the kind of person I would be on that social media. Alt, bro, it was so good. I, I had over 12 hours of screen time on my phone. That's not healthy. Mm. And so it was, like, when he said the That's thing tough, about, man. yeah, he's, when he said the thing about, like, you know, if you're at somebody's birthday party, and are you really at their party or are you on Snapchat taking a video? Right. He's like, are you at the party online? Trying to increase your social equity. Yeah. He was like, <laughs> he was like, are you just trying to show you're at the birthday party, or are you actually singing happy birthday? And so that that hit me. I was like, dang, like I felt called out. And so that week, I really just tried. I kept away from my phone as much as possible. Mm. When we went out for outreach that day. The only time I had my phone on Do Not Disturb. The only time I would really be on my phone is if somebody called me more than once, or just to check group me to meet up with the guys mm. about where we are and i was on a but media even, fast yeah at the time. yeah <laughs> even when me and you, it's crazy that you met me during that because we yeah. were both we were both staying away from it and yeah. so i think that's why we connected too we mm. we did outreach that day i saw you down in the dump so that was yeah dude because when i first met you on the saturday uh or the yeah friday or saturday before revive um or during revive i would have had no idea that you had just met Lyndon and john david Mm-hmm. I thought y'all you like knew them, and so I'm just sitting there. I'm like, who's this? I met him like, literally the day who's before. this jolly fella? <laughs> you know, like, oh man, this guy's cool. Like instantly, Dude. so I naturally, naturally, am always smiling and happy. Mm. Like that's that's one thing. It's like when you've been broken, you want to bring the light. Mm. So I try to do so. Um, I don't remember what your question was about the thing beforehand it's been a while i don't know you had a good one that was a good one but yeah revive no it was about like what your life's like now oh yeah what what is life like now um well i mean so you revive changed you but then you come back to a changed world yeah it's a change (laughs) bro plenty of time to process i guess everything's everything's insane did you see that i messaged y'all before it all happened yeah i had the inside scoop 
I was like, I forgot. This is about to go down. And then you like, were like, if anybody wants to call me, I'm not fixing to group me. It. Yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, it's like when, you know, we uh, came back to crazy. Yeah. yeah. It has been well, insane, bro. Dude, I had a head start. I'm actually really glad I left early because I had a head start. I got prepared. I, I was like, okay, preparing my heart. Like, this is really about to go down. Some toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I wasn't really worried about that, but I was like, man, like, we're not going to be going to class anymore. Like, this is going to look a little different. And actually, <laughs> I dipped out to, to uh, Cedar Park because I had a doctor's appointment already scheduled. Because mm-hmm. I knew it was going to come home early. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, testimony on that. Uh, I've been doing plant-based diet. You know, and people are like, oh, you're crazy. Man. I'm going to eat my egg. You're not eating meat. Remember we shared you're fries, not, remember? Yeah, you're, yeah. Not a, you're not a real man. It's like... <laughs> Bro, I'll dude, give me some wild caught game, some venison, some albino elk. I'll eat that up. Said some albino. Give elk. me some gross, sick, corn-fed beef, man. I, I at this point, I just gotta avoid it. Even though the 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 scavenger hunt day when we went and got the taco, Bro. I scar- scarfed that thing down and I felt sick that night. And uh, <laughs> oh my! Gosh. And that's actually a testimony too, because it almost kept me from. Like receiving a lot of healing in my heart that night, a lot of breakthrough, because uh, I almost dipped. I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to go home because I don't feel good at all. Like, and you powered uh, through. Yeah, powered through, and then got back and I felt good, and then like really just got hit with the the rest of the sermon. I can't remember what it was, but I know it was really important, kind of like walking me through some of a uh, some past you know uh, friendships that I had. Um, That's good, but. What was I talking about? Oh, the plant base. I I go back to Cedar Park. At, so like, Corona's just starting. Like yeah. Like the shutdowns are just like, I don't even think it's been announced that school is going to be shut down yet. Yeah. And I go to the doctor, and they're they're like, "Are you on like a testosterone booster? Like, are you injecting testosterone?" Yeah. Because she was like, "I think I thought you were because your testosterone's out of the like off the wall." I've just been doing plant-based, and I take healthy supplements. Pharmaceutical-grade supplements, go to creativecurious.com if you want some. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, uh, ne- since I was 18, I had, like, some hormone problems. And so I had to, like, really try all these different things and really try to figure out and try different diets and figure it out. And this is the first time ever that my testosterone has been naturally above average. Yeah, I remember we had that talk that night. Oh, yeah, it yeah. was crazy. That was one of the first people you told. Yeah, but then I dipped out to Marble Falls because I was like, okay, if this is all going down, I don't know how bad it's going to be, but I want to be, you know, far from Houston. <laughs> yeah, and went to the, stayed at my dad's lake house that we're very blessed to have acquired this past year. And, awesome. uh, and <laughs> it was a great place to be quarantined at first, especially when you don't know, really know what's going on and it's not, you're not used to it yet and people aren't in the groove of things. They're still kind of freaking out and going to all the stores. It's like, you have access to the lake right there. And it was like such a blessing just sitting there and being able to go down to the dock. I went down to the dock every day, just it's prayed like and worshiped and watched the ducks come by and and the water was there. And I was just like, man, God is so good for for providing. And uh, I did a podcast on the end of the dock actually about uh, the mark of the beast and how I think that some of this universal basic income and this, uh, you know, stuff is going to, you know, usher in some type of system like that. And so that's kind of what I think is going on right now. And just Dang. we need to prepare our hearts, hearts for that. But um, 
I just think it's yeah. wild, bro. Yeah. It's it's literally insane everything that's gone on since we got back. Like they they bumped me to fifteen an hour up at Target. It's it's crazy. They gave you more money, so you'd stay. Yeah, they gave us they gave us they gave everybody two more dollars just so that we, just to keep us working. I guess mm. we lost quite a few people. Really, because they just wanted to be. I mean, everybody wants to stay at home, bro. Mm. We're considered essential workers. I mean, right. somebody's got to be open. <laughs> it's just it's just sad, bro. Dude, but okay, Josh, here's the <laughs> it's time it's time it's time it's time it's time it's time. Okay, <laughs> so Josh and I were talking before the podcast, and we're rolling, right? We're we're live. Yeah, we're still live. Cool, cool, cool. I'm glad we got it. all that recorded. <laughs> all right. Oh it's yeah. It. By the way, we're not live at all. No, I'll, be, I'll be like, no, because um, that's happened before, man. I've lost plenty of podcasts over time that I was just like, so like, it's it gets me good. I have to catch this link after this. By the way, <laughs> oh, I got yeah. quite a few people that want to see this. Yeah. Um, so we're I'm out today, and uh, today's an interesting day because it's the second day of online classes, and we're in a college town. We're in College Station, okay. Like all college students, and uh, go to get lunch or whatever, and go to the park. At, uh, or I'm at the park, and I saw um, your group link. Yeah, and there's so many people at the park, and there's so many people walking around. I know. And there's so many people outside and doing activities in person with people. And I was like, whoa. What is going on? This is, am- <laughs> this is actually amazing. Yeah. This is amazing. People are outside just being human. And what I realized is these type of situations or this specific situation is showing us that we have more in common than, than what was thought before. It's in times like these when we realize it doesn't matter if you're white, black, yellow, whatever color, or whatever race or whatever political beliefs, is that what unites us is that we're human, that we're made in the image of God. You know, not everybody's coming to that realization, but we all know we're human, right? Yeah. Whether or not you believe you're made in the image of God or not. But... What's crazy is people are gathering together, not in like huge groups, but in a space outside. So there's not confined areas to where people are getting sick. But I, I thought it was incredible. And, and Josh had some good insight on that as well. Yeah. Just, oh, now my mic's on. Yeah, I just thought it was really cool, like actually seeing um, people walk around and and get just because na- you don't see that usually like if you drive like i drove drive to your not house that all the many time. people not yeah, like that I, many people yeah i drive to your house all the time and i never see that many people walking and just enjoying and, and i was found it interesting what you were saying about humanity like it like i feel like a pandemic like this makes like a shared kind of thing that we're all against mm, together right and that and that proves our humanity more because because when we all band together that's how things like pivotally change this world mm. is when all of us as humans um, come in with our humanity and say like okay well we're going to try to make change together and that that's how you fundamentally see society change as a whole which i think is interesting and cool yeah that is and like whatever god or whatever the enemy and the enemy's probably scheming in the background he's like oh, i'm gonna make so many people sick like oh yeah we're gonna divide families people are going to get kicked out of houses like people are going to lose their jobs not have enough money for their 
for for food and and it's just obvious that God's here. Yeah. And he he's like, you really think anything's left my watch? Anything's left my arms? It's I I don't make everybody's decisions. That's what I'm. Saying. But you know I'm in everybody's decisions. That's good. You know I'm here. You know I'm ready like ready for you guys to see me. And I think that's one of the coolest <coughs> things. I think more and more people are going. And it's the enemy. He's not good. He's not good at what he does. He just has a time period. You know, he just has a little bit to go and try to scramble around and ruin as many people's lives as possible while he has the chance. Jesus is close. He knows it. He's trying whatever he can right now. And what I think is crazy about people getting in nature, I'm actually writing a book about this. I don't know if I've announced that. But I think when people get out into nature, into God's creation, God wants to meet us there. God wants to reveal himself through his creation. He made it for us, and it's so obvious. It's when we isolate ourselves and we stare at an artificial phone screen. It's when we stay in a box that we've created for ourselves, this artificial thing that we lose sight of who God is because God is revealed through what he's made. Man has made this. Man's made phones. Yeah, exactly. Even the rocks will grow. That's good, man. That's, that's, I mean, I agree. It's just like ever since we got back, I've been at peace. Mm. Better, like more than I have ever been in my life. Mm. Like no matter, like I have a lot of, I struggle with issues with my brother, you know. He's very of the world. He's a non-believer. He's, he's gay. Mm. And so that's, that's a struggle for me. Um, it's like, it's not something I can agree with. But it's like, I tried my best to understand it. You know what I mean? And so, even even now, like, before before I went to Revive, before World Mandate, you know, I was just, I was in a period of defeat. I would wake up and I would just, I would feel like I've already been defeated for my day. Mm. Like, not not that I felt like I didn't have God. It was just like, I was in the mindset of like, man, God, God's not <laughs> enough right now. Like, I'm not, I'm not winning. Like, I am not winning my days. I'm mm-hmm. going to work tired. I'm coming home tired. And, and nothing's changing. Mm-hmm. And so, coming back, you asked how life's different. I'm I'm at peace. I, I wake up in the morning. I have my quiet time with God. That's, that's like something we established on the Revive trip. It's like, that is a priority. Yes. That, is, that is something I need to do. If I don't do that, I don't feel, I don't feel okay. And so I like how Tyler also related it. He was like, you know, you're supposed to talk to God like it's your first love. He's like, how often do you talk to your first love? You're going to text her all day. You're going to Snapchat her all day. You're going to be on Instagram liking her pictures <laughs> I hope not. all day. And so it's like, he's like, why wouldn't you be like that yeah. with God? Yeah. Why wouldn't you meet him on your way to the truck? Say a prayer before you start driving. Yeah. Listen to worship music on the road. Like stay up all night with them. Hey, if you want, <laughs> if if that's if that's what you need to do, like yeah. do it. And so just like making God a priority in my life because I realized how much I was missing him. Mm-hmm. It was like I, like I have never felt worthy. Mm-hmm. And now that like I, I not to say I feel worthy because like none of us are, but like I I feel joy. Like yeah. I feel at peace, knowing. God's got me. Right. And so when I pray, it's it's faith filled. It's not it's not Jesus, thank you for today. Have a 
in Jesus' name, amen. Like, it's, it's, it's like, Lord, thank you for giving me today. Mm. Like, this has been a blessing that I've gotten to walk in righteousness today. And like, just, just really being, just feeling powerful, knowing like we've been set under the authority of the highest king. Hmm. Yeah. When are we going to realize that God is the thing? God is the one that will satisfy. Like there's nothing else. We, we've every humanity where we have access to unlimited information more information we could ever consume yeah. in our life we know at the click of a button we know that, that people try insane. everything to satisfy the void of our heart yeah and it's because we're never meant to be separated from god mm. but it's by our decisions that we were you and, and that we alone. continue you know? <laughs> <laughs> right that you and yeah are waking up my soul such a great song, bro. That is, man, worship music is fire now. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. It really does. It hits different. It's a game changer. You love to see it. You really do. Love to see it. You love to see it. It's what you need. It's what the soul what you needs, need, man. Like, uh, shout needs. out to Upper Room. There's a, a new song. What is it called? I, I put it on Snap or Instagram the other day. Might as well send me a link where you're over there. Into the Battle Live by Upper Room. <coughs> is it fire? Oh, it's so good. I can't play it because we're going to get demonetized, even though we're not monetized right now. But <laughs> I'm not here to we're going to get copyrights. I got you. Dude, man, well, thanks for coming on this podcast. Um, it's been a pleasure. That's an amazing testimony, man. I hope that I just know that's going to minister to someone's heart. Like, I know that it gives me... Pers- I almost cried twice. Like, I'm serious. I'm yeah. sitting here. I'm like... I- I'm literally saying under my breath, like, hoping you hear me. Like, I almost want to cry. <laughs> Bro, like, I just... It's a blessing to be here, brother. I just appreciate you having me. Hmm. It's like, I just... Like I said, once you've been broken, you want to bring the light. And if I can, to God be the glory. Yeah, man. So. Yeah. I, I, I pray... Uh, do you want to pray us out? No, you got it. You got it. Your home court. I'm, I'm going to trust you on this one. Right. I appreciate you, though. Okay. Lord Jesus, thank you for what you are doing mm-hmm. in our hearts during this time. Thank you for allowing DJ to share a um, powerful um, account of your faithfulness in his life, of your love, of your uh, steady hand, of your diligent thoughts and 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 prayers that lord jesus you are praying on our behalf you are interceding for us that you care for us so much and you're just smiling whenever uh we are pursuing righteousness that you're smiling at who you made us to be that you are coming for us once again lord that we can put all our trust in you um, there's nothing that we should be feared of in this world, Lord, but it's the fear of the Lord that strikes wisdom in our heart, Lord. So I just pray that there are people listening and watching right now that um, get completely captivated by this story, that it touches their hearts. And Jesus, like it touched my heart, um, just putting my life into perspective, putting my worries and my struggles into perspective. And God, I think that is why you want us to share what you've done for us. Lord God, thank you for bringing everybody here that's in this community right now. Thank you for bringing DJ here. Thank you for 
um, putting uh, Josh in my life, God, to um, partner. Josh is amazing, Lord. I pray that you bless him. Um, and you bless what we're doing here, and we're really on fire to spread your love, God. And so I pray that you bless this podcast, and you uh, just really intercede for everybody listening, and that um, it spurs up a movement of people who really want to be innovative and really want to pray like DJ does and really wants to uh, love you to the fullest and, and not uh, live our lives to on our own accord, but live our lives in the mission in which you have laid out for us, walk in the works in which you have established beforehand. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name. Power of the blood of Jesus. Boom, son. Later. (laughs) (coughs) Well, that was good stuff, eh?